Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Eric McMahon. The Michigan men's and women's basketball teams remain among the best in the country. We look back at recent games and ahead to future competition. We've got some football coaching staff news and some hockey talk as well on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. All right, you guys, good to talk to you again. How you been? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good, Andrew. How are you? Good. We got. Uh, we can get uh, Aaron. How you doing? I'm all right. We all right. Good. 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 Uh, we've <laughs> got uh, Michigan basketball. We've got some men's and women's. We've got coaching news. Even since our last podcast the other day, we've got some hockey talk from Ryan Zook. Let's start with hoops. Men's hoops. I feel like this is always easier to identify after the fact. But that Minnesota rematch that Michigan lost, it just seemed like that was the perfect. I don't know, you know, letdown game, so to speak, you know, again, in hindsight, now we didn't know when we previewed that game, you know, that Eli Brooks, you know, was going to be out. So that was a huge factor there, but still you had a team that was capable of of hanging with Michigan. There wasn't some huge talent disparity here. And yet when was hungry to do so after getting shellacked just, just 10 days prior. So it wasn't shocking to me that game went the way it did. They, you no, know, yeah, they, I agree. They kind of looked, I mean, w- without Eli Brooks, they kind of looked lost to me. I, I watched most of the game. They looked discombobulated, like it was clear that his absence was a huge factor. But yeah, I mean, I thought they bounced back really nice this week. They're, they're the deep team. They're good. Yeah. To me, I, I didn't realize how, how valuable Eli Brooks was to this team until, until you know, you, you see him not on the floor and then, and then he comes back. He didn't do much in, in his return. I mean, it was two of five shooting, seven points, four rebounds five assists but i mean you can just tell it just helped kind of the the other pieces kind of fit in place a little bit more cohesively so good bounce back yeah i think you know if guy's a big time score you're like oh how are you going to replace that like there's always people willing to take shots and, and get you some points but when you make the right pass uh, you know to your open teammate you cut back door at the right moment and then you know draw a defender and now it, another guy's open for three you're the best perimeter defender um you do all these things that don't necessarily show up in the box score that coaches love um and appreciate yeah you can go under the radar a little bit but again much credit to to Minnesota for the way they played and like Aaron mentioned if you're Michigan you want to see how you bounce back after that first loss and and they did they did in resounding fashion. I mean, went up eight nothing on Maryland, seventeen to three, and that was that was kind of it. I mean, Maryland got it back to nine at one point, but you know it was it was it was seventeen by halftime, and never closer than that. You know, Brooks hits a a basket right away to to I think a three to start the the second half, gets it to twenty, and you know again the route was on. Um, you know, part of that is matchups. Maryland's kind of small, so they really are in a bind with how to defend Hunter Dickinson. You know, kind of a you know, Mark Turgeon, head coach of Maryland, just saying truly pick your poison type of deal, you know, with the with the way they have to try to defend. But, you know, as far as like lessons learned, I mean, heck, we heard about this a lot from the football team, you know, like a, a team would run wild on them, say, you know, like Wisconsin did a couple of years ago or, you know, the offense would 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 struggle, as you saw, you know, against, say, Michigan State this season. And you would hear the players talk about this. These are the things we need to fix. And the same problems and even some new ones would would creep up in, in future games. That's what mediocre or bad teams do. But really good teams uh, actually address those problems and clean up those mistakes and look much better uh, the next time out. And, and that's that's what happened with Michigan against Maryland. I, as someone, I've watched most of their games this year, and I haven't followed the team, obviously, as close as, close as you have, Andrew. But 
I'm impressed with how just how like well-rounded this team is. Like they have multiple ways they can beat you. It's not one where they're not one-dimensional, they're multi-dimensional. To me, they have the makings of and I'll probably get ahead of ourselves here, but I, I do think this is a very good team that has the potential to go very far. I mean, just watching them kind of from afar from a distance. I mean, they've got big guys, they got shooters, they got guys that can, you know, take you off the dribble. I they play defense, which is I think is key, especially in this this day and age of basketball. I, I think this is a really well put together team, well rounded team. That, and and I think you saw that with the bounce back win the other day against Maryland. I mean, good teams are able to shake off bad performances, and and they did just that on Tuesday night. There's only uh, three teams in the country in the top ten, uh, you know, as far as Ken Palm efficiency on offense and defense. And Michigan's one of them. Baylor and now Virginia just crept in. They weren't when I when I wrote this the other day, uh, so I didn't overlook them. But they they've since moved into the to the top ten on on both sides of the ball. But I mean, that's the thing. As beautiful as the offense looks, sometimes you know they really really lock in on on defense. And yeah, that's that's really been been the key. They turn defense into offense. But even in the half court now, with a true big man, you know, a true center that can, that can, you know, dominate one-on-one, you know, they can do it in the half court or, you know, on the move. And it's, it's, it's nice balance all the way around. Yeah. Andrew, I wanted to ask you about Dickinson. I mean, only three field goal attempts against Maryland, uh, two straight games now where he's been held to, to single digit storing after, after storing double figures, his first 10, 11 games, are they moving away from him a little bit in, in, offensively or what, what, what do you, what do you make of where he has been the last two games? Yeah, it's a good question. The book, you know, the book is out on him to a certain extent, you know, they've right. now, they've now seen him in the big 10, you know, some of these teams now it is, you know, for these, for the second time up close and they're, you know, they're throwing, they're throwing, you know, double teams at him. Maryland the first time was like, all right, we're going to play him straight up. We're going to, we're going to stick on Michigan shooters. And the guy goes and miss, gets 26 points or 28 points or something like that. And this is one shot. Okay. It just absolutely dominates them. This game. They're like, I mean, as soon as that pass is on its way into him, they're running a second guy at him aggressively. And, you know, Michigan lights him up for, for 12 threes. So that's why, you know, Turgeon was saying it's kind of a pick your poison type type deal guarding them. So yeah, I mean, Minnesota ran, ran plenty of double teams at him too. And he struggled. He turned it over five times, but yeah, I think, I think that that's, if he's willing to, you know, pass, you know, and he is, then you know Michigan will be okay. It doesn't really matter if he's not putting up big numbers as long as they're winning. So I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. They can boom around a little bit more too. Um, you know, get him out to that foul line area and and have him operate from there. It's a little harder to double team there. So yeah, but he also you know he missed some shots too. I think he only took like you said three or four shots, but you could have made all of those. And then it's a little different once you see the ball going in. Maybe you're a little more assertive. But yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's troubling by any means and it's nice that they have austin davis back now too because this he comes in and he you know he usually goes right right to work uh you know in the in the paint as well um he's not he's not the same he doesn't have the same skills as dickinson but yeah it's it's a nice luxury to have a redshirt senior like that coming off the bench so yeah they've got uh they've got purdue on friday on the road michigan will will ride the bus there they usually fly you know in these covid times but purdue has won four straight now just one at ohio state so that will not be an easy game They've got a guy out there that's going to make Hunter Dickinson look look short. So you'll have to have to watch that seven four seven five center out there, but he's not nearly as uh, polished or as as thick as Dickinson. So we'll, we'll see how that matchup goes. But play at Purdue, and then not again until the following Saturday. This is one of their built in you know little breaks. The Big Ten you know gave teams to potentially reschedule games. Jump ahead here is Penn State going to get slotted in there? There's been no talk of that, and uh, it's kind of tough to see because. 
Penn State already, you know, it was more than just the Michigan game they missed. So they came back on Sunday, played a game. They played on Tuesday. They're playing tonight, Thursday, and they're playing Saturday. And then they're playing Wednesday. So yeah, I guess they could just keep <laughs> keep that every two game, every two days a game thing and play on Monday against Michigan. But four games in in seven days is one thing. To make it five in, in nine, uh, or sorry, six then in eleven. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's just a lot. Uh, so I don't know. I, I would think they would they would try again later. Um, you know, there's another another gap in February that they can they can try for. Who knows what you know? Other games they'll be rescheduling by then. But yeah, we'll see. So that's uh, that's that's looking ahead for for the Michigan men. Unless there's something else you guys wanted to mention there, we can talk about the the women as well. They're continuing to look impressive. Yeah, yeah, they haven't played though in uh, in a week just because their game against Michigan State on Monday was was postponed because of COVID problems within the the Spartans program. So I um, mean, they're they're still ten and zero right where they were when we last spoke. But they they moved up to eleven in the AP Top Twenty Five poll this week, their, their highest ranking ever. So starting to be put on notice nationally. Um, we'll, we'll see if they can keep it going. They got their their toughest test. Uh, of the season tonight in at Ohio State, the Buckeyes are ranked 17th. Uh, they were undefeated until they lost to Nebraska in, the, in their last game. But um, th- this should be uh, a good test for for Michigan to see if uh, they can keep this rolling. Is it televised nationally? Is it a BTN Plus? Uh, no, it's on the Big Ten Network. So yes, it will be televised. Very nice. What's tip time? Three o'clock. Three p.m. Three p.m. today. 3 p.m. Yeah, afternoon. Afternoon. Right. I mean, I can watch, you know, but I'm, you know, I'm a bum. I'm around. <laughs> right. Interesting. All right. Very good. We've got, uh, we said we'd talk some football coaching news as well. We we hinted at one of these, you know, hires in our in our last podcast, but not at the other. So, Aaron, tell us the, the two new names that have officially been added to the Michigan football coaching staff. Yeah, I think we meant. Yeah, you mentioned. I think we mentioned one or two of them last time. Maurice Linguist. We reported, I think, uh, a couple days ago that he was reportedly being hired. He has, in fact, been hired. Uh, he's co-defensive coordinator and cornerbacks coach. He's 36 years old out of Dallas, Texas. Former defensive backs coach for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he's got a long resume. I mean, he was at Texas A&M in 2018, 19, co- coaching the corners. Defensive backs coach at Minnesota in 2017. Safeties coach at Mississippi State in 2016. Safeties coach, defensive passing game coordinator at Iowa State in 2014-15. He's been at Buffalo. He's been at James Madison. He's been at Valdosta State, and he started as a GA at Baylor. Uh, It's a lot. I know. This guy's been around. He's obviously jumped from job to job. But I think what stands out most about him is his recruiting prowess. I mean, the guy... He's had several, he's recruited several top 100 defensive backs to Texas A&M. He got Rashad Bateman, Big Ten Receiver of the Year, to Minnesota. So he certainly brings that added, I guess, uh, you know, that recruiting prowess on the defensive side of the ball that Michigan's going to need with these, these new look young bucks, so to speak. And um, he's already started too. <laughs> First, before Michigan even officially announced his hiring, I mean, he was uh, offering kids and a lot of high profile kids from Texas. Uh, Denver Harris, a five-star cornerback from Texas. Bobby Taylor, a four-star cornerback from Texas. Landon Holaby. I mean, Jalen Gilbo. All all these defensive backs from from Texas. I mean, I was speaking with Bryce Marich of the Michigan Insider, and he's yeah, he want he's telling these kids he wants to start a pipeline from Texas. Uh, which I mean, obviously, there's a ton of uh, high school talent in, in the state and in in the area. 
So don't be surprised to see a recruiting shift here from the Michigan's uh, defensive staff. Um, you'll probably won't be seeing as much of a presence in the Massachusetts and the New England area anymore with, with Don Brown off the staff, which a lot of people will probably think is a good thing and, and they might be right. There's a lot more talent down, down south, a lot more competition, but a lot more talent down south. Yeah, speaking of the South, uh, Michigan also added George Hilo, who I believe we mentioned in the previous podcast as safeties coach. Again, another guy who's got ties to the state of Georgia, ties to the South. He was most recently special teams coordinator, inside linebackers coach at Maryland in 2020. Uh, before that, he coached safeties at Colorado State, the GA at Colorado State before that. He was GA at Georgia under Jeremy Pruitt in 14 and 15. He's worked at, with Jimbo Fisher at Florida State, and he was an intern at Alabama. So both of these guys have clear recruiting experience down south, Florida, Georgia, Texas, these, these hotbed for recruiting areas where Michigan's obviously looked at in the past. They've mined, they've gotten guys from, but they haven't necessarily made it a focus. It's clear now that they're, they're going to do that. They're going to work those pipelines. They're going to work down south, which, I mean, that's where the talent generally is in high school football. I mean, yes, you can go to the Northeast, like you said, Zook, and, and get guys from Massachusetts and get guys from New Jersey, but that just the sheer volume just isn't there. You can, you can pick, you know, pick off here one or two guys, but I think Michigan needs to focus in Florida and Georgia and, and Texas, and it's, it looks like they're going to start doing that. Because keep in mind, you know, Brian G. Mary, linebackers coach, who is going to remain on staff, he has a pipeline there in Florida, the Miami, uh, Fort Lauderdale area. Um, so, and then Sean Nua, uh, that's another key note, I think, out of all of this in the release that Michigan uh, put out Wednesday night. Defensive line coach Sean Nua, whose contract expired last week, is going to remain on staff. He got an extension. So that, that that pretty much has rounded out the defensive coaching staff. He got some guys that are staying, a couple names, and you've got some new ones with obviously Mike McDonald, defensive coordinator, kind of leading them all. So definitely a new look, new shift, new approach uh, to defensive coaching staff. It's probably going to take them some time to get going here, but I, I do think you're going to see a drastic change in, in roster makeup here in the next year or two. That's what fans wanted, and here, here we go. I mean, the, uh, in our podcast earlier this week, I remember, you know, kind of touting the, the youth infusion, uh, you know, with the coaches, and then, you know, you guys did say, well, hey, let's maybe there's going to be a veteran coach here that's kind of paired with McDonald specifically as a co-defensive coordinator, and that's exactly what happened now. Uh, Lingus himself is in his 30s, yes? I mean, he's, I think he's... 36. 36. Okay, so he, he's pretty young too, but just maybe a, a you know longer resume or whatever as you mentioned especially with you know the experience you know more experience at the college level too so still still fits the bill of you know someone with with more experience um you know kind of uh, getting paired with with McDonald so yeah overall things are things are starting to to take shape are there any more will there be any more moves on the coaching staff it doesn't sound like it. Maybe someone on the offensive side of the ball. We still haven't gotten clear on Jay Harbaugh's status. It sounds like he's staying, but he's clearly not going to be the, the the main running backs coach. Sounds like he might just go to special teams. Would not be surprised if he still helps out with running backs to some degree. But I think that that seems to be that seems to wrap it up. Unless someone else departs, uh, we know Ben McDaniel's left, uh, but obviously Jim Harbaugh was able to replace that with Mike Hart. So it doesn't look like there's a, there's going to be any further changes. Although you know, never say never at this point. If someone comes open that Jim Harbaugh really likes, then then he'll obviously probably go for it. But at the same token, uh, everyone else, to my knowledge, is either under under contract or staying. Because I, you know, Ed Warner was a perhaps a question mark because his contract was up. But I don't foresee Jim Harbaugh letting him go any anytime soon. Let's end with a little hockey talk, Ryan Zook. What do you have for us? We always count on you to set the tone here. <laughs> yeah, big uh, big weekend 
late end of the week series against Notre Dame starting on Thursday, uh, a little Thursday, Friday, two game series at in South Bend. And it's a big one. Michigan enters, enters the, the week uh, one point behind the Irish who are coming off a two game sweep over the top ranked Minnesota golden Gophers, who I, I thought were the best, best team in the country this year. Um, but Michigan, Michigan looked impressive too this past weekend against Ohio State, winning four to two and, and five to nothing. So it should be a, a good series. But the previous two games were both one goal games back in November. Notre Dame won them both in Ann Arbor. So yeah, well, it should be. Uh, and both games are also televised too on on NBC Sports Network. Oh no, just Friday's game. Sorry, it's on NBC Sports Network. Basketball, football, hockey. Where else can you get this in podcast form? I, I'd say nowhere else, but the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening.